1: This is the Joe and Amber podcast.
0: I don't have many childhood issues, but it did sound like in that bite that I might have childhood issues when it comes to Mrs. Schmidt. Mrs. Schmidt.
2: That was her name, huh?
0: You can imagine how well that went uh, for her. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is on your smart speaker. All you have to do is tell it to play ESPN Radio. It's that simple. Joe Fortenbaugh. Amber Wilson at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you find him. At Amber W Sports. That is how you find me. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Jim Beheim, 47 years, an unbelievable run at Syracuse, comes to an end. We are going to get into that in just a moment. First, I have to wish you a happy International Women's Day, yes. Joe. We are definitely going to be honoring awesome women throughout today's show. I'll just speak for Joe. I'm sure he wants to honor all the women in his life. Did your wife listen to this show? Like, Do we need to suck up a little bit? Because this would be a good day to do that.
2: God, no. No. She doesn't okay. watch me on TV. Smart. She doesn't listen to me on air. She And, and you know what? I don't blame her. I don't. If I've really? if roles if, if it, if, I, why she already deals with so much from me. And then I created <laughs> two little mini me's that are just awful. So <laughs> no, no, she, she needs, so a she's ret- had enough of you. She needs a little Vanderpump. She needs a little, just anything, anything other than me. And I don't blame her. And I love her for the fact that she doesn't want to watch or listen. I do not blame her at all.
0: Well, we were just waxing poetic about the drama on Vanderpump Rules before we got on air. Uh, That's the the show inside the show. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time to get to that. (laughs) show. Maybe we'll do a a podcast later on it. We do have enough time to get to some pizza money, though. Joe loves to earn you the money. Let's get to it.
1: Pizza money alert.
0: Pizza, pizza. What's
2: good? Monday. Tried to say what's up. We go 0 and 2. We fired back last night. 3 and 1 plus 2.2 units. The highlight Calgary plus 130 wins in an upset. That game went all the way to a shootout. Woo! What a sweat. Overall, 38 and 36 is the record, plus eleven point two units. Pizza Money for tonight. This starts at 7:30. Donovan Mitchell, the Cavaliers, under 26 and a half points. He averages 27.6 on the season, but he's playing Amber's Miami Heat, and this is a brutal matchup for him. Two games against Miami this season, 13 points and 16 points. Miami plays slow. They play great defense. The total in this game is only 215.5. Vegas is telling you that it is priced to be a low-scoring affair. Pizza Money number 1, Donovan Mitchell under 26.5 points.
0: So I mentioned it. Jim Boeheim's legendary career at Syracuse has come to an end after 47 years. He will not be returning as the men's basketball coach. That became news today when the university announced it. Just hours after the Orange lost 77-74 to Wake Forest on a buzzer-beating three-pointer in the ACC tournament, Syracuse announced that associate head coach Adrian Autry, who had been with the staff since 2011, would be promoted to replace 78-year-old Bayheim. Obviously, an incredible run there for Jim, Joe, but it doesn't feel like a retirement that was necessarily a choice.
2: No, it does not. We'll start with the positive. Basketball Hall of Fame in 2005. College Basketball Hall of Fame 2006. Olympic gold medals, Beijing in 08. London in 2012. Rio in 2016. The Smith College Coach of the Year in 2010. The AP College Coach of the Year in 2010. Ten Big East regular season titles. The tournament title in 2003 with Carmelo Anthony. The list goes on and on. He's had an incredible run, five Final Fours, and after 40, how many years is it, 47? 47. 47. He, 47 years, he won 69% of his games. His official final record, 1,015 wins, 441 losses. Quick note on that, 101 wins were vacated due to NCAA violations between the years 2004 to 2007, as well as 2010 to 2012. So he, so he just did a lot more the,
0: winning than that get Yeah, he did a shows. lot
2: more winning. Uh, second all time, only to Coach K, who rolled up 1,202 wins. So there it is. In a nutshell, fantastic. But it wasn't great near the end. And oftentimes that is the case. Rarely does the star go out on top. And for Bayheim in this interview, I don't know if we have this back and forth with the reporter, but
0: good. We do. Here it is. Here's, here's Jim Bayheim, the Syracuse head coach, being asked at his press conference if he's retiring.
3: I've just been lucky. To be able to coach this long, I, I think you missed it. <clears throat> I gave my retirement speech on the court last Saturday, and I gave it in the press conference afterwards, and nobody except Will William Payne figured it out. So
0: are you, are you saying right now that you're, you you're going to retire? This is up to the university. You, you want to come back? I didn't say that. Uh, okay, but, so what are you saying? You're not saying you're retiring, I think but you're not. I just saying- said it. I don't know. So you don't know. Okay. I said,
3: this is up to the university
0: and you're not sure whether you're, when will you, when will, how will you make a determination about when you will come back?
3: You're talking to the wrong guy. Huh?
0: Yeah.
2: Retirements are not, retirements are not up to somebody else. They're up to you. You, you retire or when someone else makes the decision, what do we call that Amber?
0: Right. Well, typically it's firing, although in circumstances like this, we always call it a forced retiring. And that's what it feels a little bit like here. With Bayheim. this is the risk you run, right? This is the risk you run with that long of a tenure ship. And when the team has not been good, it's been underperforming now for years. We know where the expectations used to be around that program. It's very hard to do this thing across decades. It's very hard to do this thing across generations. I give Jim Beheim all the credit in the world because he has accomplished those goals for 47 years this is a man who did it longer than both you and I have been alive and you and I don't necessarily get to feel particularly young particularly working with people like Nick Cardi, are bored up all the time here on air but this makes us feel young right that this guy has been in Syracuse longer than we've been alive doing it and that is a heck of a run any way you cut it no matter how it ended
2: it is to highlight what happened at the end 131 and 99 over his final seven seasons, which is still pretty strong. 56% winning, but not the overall 70% he was posting throughout the course of his career. He went to a final four in 2015, 2016. And then after that, here's the postseason appearances, second round of the NIT sweet 16 of the madness, first round exit of the madness, no postseason in the COVID year, sweet 16, and then nothing last year when they were 16 and 17 and nothing this year, at least that he will be a part of. So it it, it went really South at the end. And you can see why the organization, the university that is decided, look, we'd love to, what probably happened was we want to give you the opportunity to go retire, go retire and do it on your own. But he didn't, he was going to try to stay and he didn't get the glory that coach K got like coach K was not, that was ridiculous last year, how we handled that. Mm-hmm. It was like, I, I don't even want to draw comparisons because people will get mad, but that was, that was crazy, the send-off he got. Bayheim right. got
0: nothing. nothing. Bayheim would have gotten yeah. something had he, I think, decided to do this sooner, right? And it's always hard, I think, to know when to hang it up and to see the writing on the wall. Listen, I'm sure right now it's probably not very fun or doesn't feel very fun to be Jim Beheim. I do hope that he looks at this situation, though, at some point and realizes how fortunate it must be to be 78 years old and still want to do any yeah. of it. I mean, yeah. I hope that, I mean, shoot, I'll take ESPN forcing me out of 78 because that'll mean that I still have that much left in my own tank, that I still want to be doing this right. And, and, and that you ESPN love it that much. will be and that's forcing great.
2: us out a lot sooner than that. Well, let's, just, probably let's, so. let's brace for but, that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that. That might be true. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, who are the favorites? land Lamar Jackson. We're going to get into it. Joe and Amber is on ESPN radio. Also on the ESPN app.
1: Joe and Amber, the podcast. <laughs> Again, try Jet's signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
2: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI To connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: So we talked a lot about Lamar Jackson yesterday, but we are not done yet. There is a lot of meat left on that bone. We didn't even get into... Where would you want to go if you're Lamar? We haven't even been talking about things from Lamar's perspective. We focused a lot yesterday on the team's perspectives. So we're going to get into that in just moments. But first, Joe's got another opportunity here to earn you some pizza money. We have an action-packed show with pizza money tonight. Pizza money number two. Let's get to it.
1: Pizza money alert.
0: Pizza, pizza.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the most action-packed edition of Joe and Amber that we've ever done. Yes, this is only month three, but we've never had this much action. We are gambling all throughout the night in a big way. And I say all that to buy myself time because I didn't know which one we were doing here, and now I have found (laughs) it. We go back to the ice, 7.37 p.m., Winnipeg in Minnesota. We're going to lay the minus 145 on winnipeg minnesota second half of a back-to-back with travel they went to a shootout loss against calgary last night we nailed that one you go through overtime you go through the shootouts you lose and you got to get on the plane you got to fly to winnipeg you got to take on a, a winnipeg team that they're rested 21 home wins fifth in the nhl this season james i gotta ask you am i doing both nhls here no just the one I should have coordinated all this. Like I said, we have so much action. Our cup overfloweth. Pizza money number two, Winnipeg minus 145
0: over Minnesota. Breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Ravens have placed the non-exclusive tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson. This is more than just about money. The
2: relationship
1: between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson isn't a relationship that is in a good place.
0: Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance and brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. So I mentioned Joe and I talked all evening about Lamar Jackson yesterday, but we didn't really talk about if you were Lamar, where would you want to go if you end up being traded somewhere? Because, of course, the Ravens hit him with the non-exclusive tag. You can start talking to teams on Monday. What's the first team, if you're Lamar Jackson, Joe, that you try to talk to?
2: It's not a team. It's not a team. It's a conference. It's the Mm. NFC. It's absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, the NFC. In the AFC, you have Patrick Mahomes. You have Justin Herbert. You have Trevor Lawrence on the rise. You have Joe Burrow. Okay, You have Deshaun Watson. Maybe he rekindles his career. You have Josh Allen. You have Tua. You could have Aaron Rodgers coming over. If Lamar Jackson wants to win a Super Bowl, I know he's looking to get paid, and I am not in any way, shape, or form against that. Go get it. But look at the NFC. Tell me where he would rank. In terms of quarterbacks in the NFC, if he joined San Francisco, is currently I'm just going to roll through them. You let me know when you think someone ranks above them. San Francisco is Brock Purdy, no Trey Lance. Okay, yeah, keep it moving. Geno Smith, no Kyler
0: Murray, no
2: Matthew Stafford, no. Okay, the Atlanta Falcons right now, Desmond Ritter, no, uh, Derek Carr, no. Carolina is Matt Corral. No. Uh, maybe Sam Darnold goes back. Okay. Tampa Bay is <laughs> Kyle Trask. No. Justin That's our Fields. I'm
0: Kyle. Go Gator. Uh, Justin Fields. No. I'm going to say Jordan
2: Love for the Packers, and I'm going to assume Rodgers goes to the Jets. Detroit is Jared Goff. No. Kirk Cousins. No. Sam Howell in Washington. No. Daniel Jones in New York. No. Dak uh-huh. Prescott in Dallas. <laughs> no. Last one, Jalen Hurts in Philly. Maybe. There you go. Think about that for a second. If you have a chance to go somewhere that you like in the NFC, in a very conservative estimate, you are the second best quarterback in the conference versus going against Herbert, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and the list goes on and on. I know he's looking for the payday. But if I'm going to start with where he should be thinking about going for his best fit, he will win in the NFC. The question becomes which NFC team would be A, willing to pay, and B, be a place he'd want to live and play football.
0: Well, and the Ravens, I'm sure, would love to trade him out of conference, right? So from that perspective, looking at the NFC works well as well. Even if Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, by your analysis there, us doing that experiment, I mean, you're right. He's at worst the third best quarterback in that conference at worst and frankly he might be the best quarterback in that conference because I think even the Jalen Hurts comparison is a hard maybe I mean there's a strong argument to be made that Lamar is better than Jalen Hurts and so he could easily be the best quarterback in that conference in terms of where he could go in that conference then I think get things get a little bit dicier because there's the teams like the Falcons that you would expect that are saying hard pass. We're not interested. And I do wonder with these teams, how much seeing what's happened with Deshaun Watson after he got handed that contract, these teams like the Falcons that were in on Deshaun Watson originally, and it looking real ugly right now, at least so far that deal, because Deshaun did not look good this past season. I am wondering how much that impacts things. If Arthur Blank is thinking, phew, I'm not going to go down that path again. But Let's assume the Falcons are out, so they're not up for discussion. The Panthers were on that list of out as well, so they wouldn't be up for discussion then. The bucks they didn't tell us that they were out. The Bucks have Kyle Trask. They've told us that they are rocking with Kyle Trask, or at least seemingly so. I don't put much stock into that. I'm a gator. But if you have an opportunity to take Lamar Jackson, I don't hate that for the Tampa Bay Bucks.
2: I think the salary cap situation might hurt them. I, it, it is it, a bad
0: one. Bringing in Lamar Jackson there.
2: instantaneously makes you better. Instantaneously. I'll circle back to Atlanta. What are you thinking? You've got all the money in the world. You have a d- d- dramatic need. Dramatic need for a quarterback. You've got an, a head coach, in Arthur Smith, who is phenomenal calling a running game. And... The, the With the conference, with the entire conference so devoid of quarterback talent, if Rodgers goes to the AFC and joins the Jets, you, who can afford to bring in Lamar Jackson, could instantaneously become a contender. Not mm-hmm. to win your loser well, could division. You? That's, that's you the can, problem. You could contend for the whole thing.
0: I see. The problem with Atlanta, and now I understand that they are in a very weak Division of really weak now that Tom Brady has departed that division. And so I understand for Atlanta, you are looking at an easy path to a postseason. But I don't know if I think of that Falcons team just a quarterback away. And, and so maybe that's how Arthur Blank is looking at this, where he's like, OK, so I'm going to pay this guy how much money when I'm not winning a Super Bowl anyways right now.
2: But then, okay, so let's let's workshop that. Sure, I can understand that. You think to yourself, we, we want to build this thing out. We want to bring in a younger guy. Okay, I get it. I
0: mean, if it's going to take but us years anyways, we might that, as well bring in the younger guy, right? By
2: the time you do that, other teams are going to build up. You're not going to be able to count on Tampa and Chicago and the Cardinals. You're not going to be able to count on all these teams being so lousy for that long. They're going to build up, too. Right now, Philadelphia, we know they're pretty legit, but they're not going to be as strong next year. Dallas is always a team that flames out in the playoffs. The Giants are going to have a little regression next year as well. I know people don't want to hear it. Minnesota's not winning 13 games. Detroit's probably a little better. Green Bay loses Rodgers. They drop off. I mean, there's not a lot out there. If you bring in what would be the best quarterback in the conference or second best at worst, he's going to will you to games. If he gets you into the playoffs and you win the division, you're hosting a playoff game. You win that game if it's the wild card round, you're suddenly in the divisional round. That is a monster jump for a team that finished dead last in its division last year and hasn't been thought of since Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan blew the Super Bowl against the Patriots and began the low, slow climb
0: towards mediocrity. Well, let me try this argument on you then. Could it be as simple as everything's so weak around us right now that we think Desmond Ritter can actually do the same thing? Like he can get us a postseason win since really that's all we're built for at the moment anyways. So why not move ahead with Desmond Ritter and allow him to develop because he's already here?
2: If that is the mindset in Atlanta, he's cheap. they've seen a hell of a lot more from Desmond Ritter than anyone else has seen from Desmond Ritter. And I loved him at Cincinnati, but I do not know if he is going to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. There's a reason he fell in the draft. It's not because he's an incredible talent or he's an awful guy. He, he just doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of accuracy. It's a problem. The deep ball is a problem.
0: Joe and Amber's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up, every time we talk about this Lamar situation by the way I feel like we're just running out of time because there's so much to talk about with Lamar but coming up next is there any chance that Tom Brady is going to come out of retirement
1: Joe and Amber the podcast
0: Serena Williams, 23 Grand Slam titles, second most all-time in women's tennis, have cemented her legacy as one of the most legendary champions in all of professional sports. Behind a dominant serve and fierce competitive spirit, Williams, a seven-time Wimbledon champ, won 73 singles titles and four Olympic gold medals during her illustrious 27-year career. Her win in the 2017 Australian Open final against her sister Venus came while she was eight weeks pregnant proving to everyone that having a child does not mean the end of your career. Williams' impact goes well beyond her trophies and her accolades. It also lies in her ability to inspire future generations of women to pursue and achieve their athletic dreams. We are honoring International Women's Day here on Joe and Amber by doing it how we do it best, honoring women in sports. An unbelievable accomplishment there by Serena Williams. Not just winning a 23rd Grand Slam. I mean, that would be historic enough. But doing it while eight weeks pregnant, which is just unimaginable to me. Credit goes to Serena. The GOAT, Joe. I mean, there's nothing else to say when it comes to Serena It's one of the Serena all-time Williams.
2: stories. For her to win at that stage in her career, To win at any, to win that event at any stage of your career is already right. a remarkable feat. But then to do it later in your career like she did, and then, oh, by the way she's pregnant and then secretly on top pregnant. of that, yeah, <laughs> she was sharing
0: that information with people at the time. If, Unbelievable. If, if she lets that out early, it's kind of like, all
2: right, I guess maybe, and I'm not saying this is the case, but maybe it's one of those like, all right, maybe it's an excuse. Maybe you're not at your best because you're pregnant and you're going through some mm-hmm. stuff, whatever. She decides, no, she's just going to go out and win and then be like, by the way, pregnant, what's up? Next time, mm-hmm. what, what do you want next? Are you not entertained? To quote Maximus Aurelius Decimus. One of my favorite lines
0: from venus william is who is, is she always says what well, wasn't fair though because it was two against one yeah. uh, which which is a I good line that. by venus since her sister her little sister <laughs> did manage to beat her even pregnant uh serena unbelievable this this might oh so let's let's get to sound on sound off
1: they said it but what did they really mean what are you trying to say to us sound on sound off with joe and amber
0: all right so what just happened there was James, you had something else on the screen that I was supposed to read, right? And then you just deleted it. Yeah. Well, and so well, I started reading what's on the screen because I thought it was a thing that I was supposed to read earlier and then you deleted it on me and and that's what had happened. Well was a little
3: I had a little note <laughs> about Serena, but the production that we played had all of that in it, so then I just took it off the screen, and I figured we'd just do sign on, sign off.
0: All right, well, here we do. Here, here I'm we gonna go, do I'm going to set so the over under, under
2: on one and a half months before your nonsense forces James to ask for a transfer <laughs> to another radio show. <laughs> I nine nine months. Months. <laughs> this Good might pull.
0: seem crazy. James loves me. This might seem crazy, yeah. but not... <laughs> Everyone is convinced that Tom Brady is done playing. Here's Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show about the most interesting rumor he heard during the combine.
3: Number one rumor I heard at the combine, not in terms of a lot of yacht chatter, but this this one just blew my mind. Tom Brady may not be done after all. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a couple people who are like, just you just hang on. Just you wait. Wait for and what? I'm like I'm, waiting I'm and I'm like he's instagramming out videos of his cat.
1: Yeah,
3: you know, trips. Yeah. He was at UFC he, over the I, weekend. I know. But it doesn't look like he's getting uh, big big and fat, does it? And and that he just like let it play out. Let's see who wants what. And and the one place that folks are saying keep an eye out for is Miami.
0: Rich has uh Tom Brady. A a, a single Tom Brady getting big and fat, even if he is retired. Anyways, James. Hello, James. Can we make nice now?
3: Well, we'll see. Uh, So, Joe, are you buying buying this rumor that Tom Brady might still come back this year?
2: Yes, because I want it to be true. So I'm going to buy it. (laughs) Yes, I want this to be true. I want Brady to retire every year. I want him to just retire and keep coming back. The first retirement... He comes back. It's like, all right, I guess we probably should have saw that come, and he's still got a lot left to offer. He just led the NFL in passing. Then he retires this year, and he does that emotional send-off on the beach, but he tells us how you know, he's not going to take too much of our time because he did that the year before, and it's like, all right, he's done. Then come back. Then have another one of those. Find a new Instagrammable location, retire again, and then come back. Just keep doing it. I think it's hilarious, and you know what? He still has enough left in the tank,
0: so why not? Uh, and he did say once that he wanted to play until 50.
3: He yeah. uh, he absolutely destroyed any kind of coverage on Selection Sunday the last time he returned. So he has to pick a day where something <laughs> big is going on. So What's whenever he comes day? back, he yes. just takes over. He has the news, a little right? look
0: at me, Louis. Aaron Rodgers day
3: when Rodgers yes, signs with the yeah. Jets. Yeah.
0: Yes.
2: Brady should immediately come out of retirement and just that would send that the would be producers beautiful. at ESPN the the building would explode. Bristol really would no would. longer cease to operate. Producers would turn into the zombies in the Walking Dead, just eating each other, eating people. <laughs> it would
3: be ridiculous. I wanted it. I wanted it six forty five right before the show starts.
0: <laughs> Did anybody ask Rich which combine was it? 2022's NFL combine (laughs) was he at St. Elmo then and he started hearing these rumors or was it in 2023 because I feel like that distinction needs to be made since this idea of coming out of retirement appeared like a real plan all along last season because Rich Eisen saying hey the Miami Dolphins all right is part of this rumor and I felt like that was so last year that we did this whole Brady to the Dolphins thing and that plan was in place and everything obviously got blown up. Sean Payton was also supposed to be there in that plan and clearly Sean Payton is not going to be there as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Tom Brady did tweet out anyone who thinks I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two month old kitten for their daughter. So he is trying to shut down the rumors Quickly, uh, no, I do not believe that Tom Brady is coming out of retirement, at least not yet. We talked yesterday about the Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins being linked to the Cowboys. Hop went on the Pat McAfee show today to address those trade rumors.
1: A lot of trade talks, but, you know, I-, I take things day for day, man. I don't look forward to the future. I live in the present moment. Right now the Arizona Cardinals is, uh, you know, is the team and the roster that I'm on. And, uh, you know, I'm preparing myself. Uh, for whatever the future holds, uh, you know, so I don't really look forward to the future. I'll let you guys do that talk.
3: Hey, Amber, what are the Cardinals doing? Should they like blow everything up minus, uh, you know, Kyler Murray, since they gave him that crazy deal uh, uh, just a couple months ago? Uh, First of all, I actually build? like what What should they do here?
0: I'm not sure that deal is going to look as crazy as it does now in a few years, because it does feel like that's just how quarterbacks are somewhat getting paid these days, right? But we'll see. We'll see what Kyler and we'll see what Daniel Jones ends up looking like in a few years. No, they should not blow it up because any way you cut it, Kyler Murray is there. And you don't normally blow things up, Joe, after you have the quarterback. Like, that's not how blowing things up works. So we're going to blow up the entire team around your quarterback that you just paid gajillions of dollars too, and so you're going to ensure that he's going to fail like there's already questions around Kyler Murray and now you're going to put him in the worst position possible so that that contract absolutely looks like a failure no you've blown up the coaching staff that's fine you're starting there from scratch, but you're not going to blow up the team. That seems silly. I think you have to hang on to DeAndre Hopkins as part of that as well. The thing is with Hopkins, though, is he has his own issues. That's not necessarily a blowing it up analysis, Joe.
2: I'm not sure I'm ready to lock into this take just yet, but I'm very close. I am very close. I'm like two yards away from locking into this take that the Arizona Cardinals are the absolute worst organization in the NFL. This really? th- They are an absolute... Clown show with their decision-making process an absolute clown show. They gave a huge contract to Kingsbury and to, and to Kyler Murray when they didn't have to, they didn't have to, nobody was coming after either. You had mechanisms in place. You didn't have to do that. So they do it. And then Kingsbury and everyone could have told you this before you hired him. Turns out to be the awful hire that he was. So you run him. Now you're stuck with Murray and, Then you bring in a new general manager, a new head coach. They're clearly going to want to put their stamp on the organization. You have weapons for Murray, but now you're thinking about getting rid of them. So you're going to spend an extraordinary amount on the quarterback position, put nothing around him, and just waste these years. Oh, by the way, the coach you hired was the architect of a Philadelphia defense that allowed the Chiefs to score 24 points on only four possessions in the second half of the Super Bowl, thus costing them the game. Every decision these guys make is a bad one. So whatever they decide to do with Hopkins, it's not going to work out for them. They are this close in the Joe Fortenball takebook of turning into of being the worst organization in the NFL.
0: That feels a little short sighted when there's organizations like yes, they make bad decisions, but it Who's hasn't worse? been. They, they make bad decisions. Well, first of all, I mean, like, goodness. Uh, the, the, it's so weird where we at, are at now with the with the New York Jets all of a sudden, right? But there's been bad decisions in other places as well. The Raiders have made some bad decisions lately. We'll see how those work out. But I would say the Washington Commanders right now are a last bad year. organization. 500 a bad last organization year. for a, a lot of different reasons there, Joe. They, they, they go they, beyond just the decision-making.
2: They are very close, if not the worst organization in the NFL. But they were 500 last year. That does not... Not absolved the owner, but they were 500. They were 8-8-1. Eight, eight
0: the Broncos' decisions haven't looked great so far. We'll see how that works out. The Texans' decisions haven't looked great so far. I mean, there's some, there's some teams on that list, but we will see. Uh, I, I don't think Did that... We really
2: get through two of those? That is like an all-time low for a rapid-fire segment. Or they were, James, they we were through so two excellent.
0: topics? They were just so excellent.
3: They were, they were really great topics, um, so you guys had a lot to say about them. But that's fine, though, because yeah. we we, uh, we talked about Serena at the beginning, too, so we had a lot
0: to say Cliff Kingsbury had one of my favorite draft moments ever when we got to see his house during that virtual draft. Yeah, I'll that's what we all remember that. him for.
2: We don't remember at him for house. winning. We don't remember him so for serious. game management. We don't remember him for anything. He didn't develop his quarterbacks. He did nothing. People forget... Patrick Mahomes was his quarterback at Texas Tech, and Texas Mm -hmm. Tech stunk. Imagine having Patrick Mahomes and not being good. That is on you as a head coach.
0: Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, if the Jets land Aaron Rodgers, where do they rank in the AFC? We'll get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app. Joe and
1: Amber, the podcast.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next
1: and how to save for it?
0: You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Rolling along here on Joe and Amber. We've talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I thought you were going to hit me with Aaron Rodgers while I was paying attention.
1: Joe and Amber. Aaron Rodgers Watch.
0: I knew it. I knew you have, it. You have yet to pick up on the fact that he's it. always
2: going to do it to you mid-sentence. He's not going to set you. He's going he's That's gonna, why he's I tried
0: gonna... to pause because I'm like, it's coming.
2: <laughs> no. It's coming. He's, he's, you got to get up pretty early in the morning to get one past James Steele.
0: So we've done I'm a always, lot of talking.
3: I'm always at the top of my game whenever it comes to messing with Amber.
0: <laughs> we 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 have done a lot of talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're gonna do some more talking about Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers loves us talking about Aaron Rodgers, but also because there is actually more conversation to be had about Aaron Rodgers now that he has met with all of the brass from the New York Jets. It is International Women's Day though first and we have been honoring women across sports. Katie Ledecky is the most decorated female swimmer in history with six individual Olympic gold medals and 14 individual long course world titles to date. The Washington athlete also holds the 800 meter and 1500 meter freestyle world records and owns 18 of the 20 fastest 1500 meter freestyle times ever so we honor katie ledecky here on international women's day so let's hop to let it me throw, if let me Aaron throw one Rock-
2: note in there on the one yes, note on Ladecki. please she just lost for the first time in nine years wow this isn't nine to crap on years. that this isn't to crap on her obviously this right. is to point nine, out she had been years. winning for nine years Nine years. It marked the wow. first defeat for the Ledecky in a domestic freestyle long course final of 200 meters or longer since a loss to Allison Schmidt in 2014. She got Unreal. beat by Summer McIntosh. So, again, shout out to Katie Ledecky. That's how insane
0: she is in the pool. Amazing. Look how dominant she is. Un. Unbelievable. Aaron Rodgers, he's been dominant at times. Maybe not in the postseason. But he's been dominant in the regular season at times. And maybe he'll be dominant in a New York Jets uniform. Greeny has said he's going to cut off his pinky toe if Aaron Rodgers comes to the Jets or that he would do it for Aaron Rodgers to come to the Jets. Something insane. I saw some headline of Greeny just saying ridiculous things. But Mike Greenberg was also on Greeny saying things that aren't quite as ridiculous. He discussed how Rodgers would fit into that market in New York.
1: If you come to New York and you become public enemy number one of the fan base or the media, no one is going to like that. That is going to be a challenge no matter who you are, no matter what your circumstances are. I think he'll handle it better than Derek Carr would. I think he'll handle it better than Zach Wilson did. I think he'll handle it better than anyone else I could think of. Who better to fend that off than a person who can fall back on one of the most accomplished resumes Mm. in the history of his sport? And a person who has as healthy a self-opinion as he obviously does, I think is probably better equipped to to walk in and handle that than anybody Hmm. would.
0: I I think I speak for the nation when I say Greeny, don't cut off any toes uh, for the sake of Aaron Rodgers. But if he does end up in that market, I don't think he has to fend it off with the media. I think he would embrace it because he seems to love the media attention. Maybe that's one reason he's flirting with the Jets.
2: It's a fascinating dynamic because Rodgers has spent a long time in the And I mean this with all respect, but it's like the softest media market imaginable. Like Mm -hmm. the Green Bay media is not going to be coming at the players. It's family up there. It's small town living. Green Bay and Buffalo are very different than what you have everywhere else in the NFL. Everywhere else. Teams in LA, teams in New York, Chicago, major cities across the country. The Buffalo franchise and the Green Bay franchise are very, very different. The communities, their hometown. it's, It's almost like high school football to an extent with the way everyone rallies around each other. You show up in New York and you think you're going to be treated like that, like you were in Green Bay, you're in for a rude awakening. Now, I'm not saying he can't handle it, but I can't wait to watch how he handles it because that R-E-L-A-X stuff isn't going to work there. It's not going to work. And he has to also remember this. He's won nothing there. He won in Green Bay. So he has the ability to live live off those MVPs and off that Super Bowl for the rest of his life. Aaron Rodgers eats free in, in, in Green Bay. Not so much in New York. No. So when things go south, they're going to pile on. And they're not going to look at you and be like, yeah, man, you want us those MVPs in that Super Bowl. We still love you. No. You've done nothing. You'll become public enemy number one. So I'm fascinated, fascinated by the idea of him landing there And then if things start to get contentious, how he handles it, because it will not be the same treatment he used to get in Wisconsin.
0: Here's the reality. No matter how much of a vet you are, and I'm sure it certainly helps that you are one, and no matter what you have on your resume, and again, I'm sure that it certainly helps that you do have three MVPs and a Super Bowl MVP as well on your resume, none of it matters if you don't win in terms of handling that market, right? I mean, nobody can really handle that market if you're not doing the winning because it's going to get ugly and there's going to be so much scrutiny. But it appears that Aaron Rodgers at least doesn't seem to be turned off by that idea like that is not a reason for him not to go to the number one market and heck we didn't even see Derek Carr be turned off by that idea either I mean Derek Carr was also pursuing that market so maybe we make more of a deal out of that than it actually is to the guy these guys maybe what they're looking at is hey here's a team with a really good defense and a young budding team on offense as well
2: they look at that but they If they're not assessing the media situation and the pressure from the outside, if they can handle this, if he can go full monk mode, and if he honestly doesn't care what people think, then it's not going to matter. It won't matter at all. You can go play anywhere. But if you do care about that sort of thing, if that sort of thing can get to you one way, shape, or form... You better be ready for that, because young guys get eaten up in that city all the time. I remember it with Mark Sanchez, man. Like, Sanchez is drafted by the Jets. He's coming over from USC. He's had a lot of success, and he does that GQ cover shoot before his first day of practice where it's him dressed up as David Hasselhoff on the beach, and I think someone said, like, the team had a bunch of copies of that and hung it all over the locker room. Like, right away, he had people talking about everything other than football. And I'm not saying he should have passed on the photo shoot, but you can't give... Give the media anything to lock on to that's the thing you got to be so buttoned up like the only thing people in new york could ever get on eli for was just like they wanted to kind of run him out because he was goofy and that maybe the giants weren't good enough but then he would go win and it just didn't matter like at the end of it eli manning handled the new york media better than anybody and, I mean, that's putting you up there right there with Derek Jeter, who did an excellent job. He knew how to handle it. you got to be very savvy in that department. you got to have g- great relationships.
0: Those guys weren't the, – the their way of being savvy was being vanilla – Right, I mean, those guys were so vanilla. Like Derek Jeter never smart. said Derek Jeter still. I mean, he doesn't ever say anything, right? But Derek Jeter, particularly in his career, he never said anything about anything. It was word salad. Speaking of word salad, and Eli Manning did the same thing. Now, Eli Manning is very much showing us our person, his personality since his playing days. But we didn't get much of that when he was actually in you. You had to be very vanilla. Aaron Rodgers ain't vanilla. There's nothing very vanilla about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers gives us the new soundbite every day. Aaron Rodgers, the last few years, has been incredibly controversial, saying the things sometimes.
2: The counter to this is if he has that kind of personality and he wins, he becomes the king of New York. That's the upside.
0: I've been hearing for a long time that so-and-so is going to be the king of New York, and then it just never really happens. So we'll see if it's going to end up being Aaron Rodgers. Coming up next... Kevin Durant makes his Phoenix Suns home debut tonight. That is a Phoenix Suns team that has seemed to gel quicker than all of us thought. The expectations might be rising around that team. We're going to get into the situation there in Phoenix. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. You can also check us out on the ESPN app.
1: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
2: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.